Amen. Wow. What a presence in this place tonight. Can we real quick, can we clap for the worship team doing so good tonight? Keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. Don't go nowhere. I'm not done with y'all yet. I'm just getting started with you. Did you give me one of these? I like this guy. What an atmosphere. And uh, I just want to say, um, they didn't tell me the half of how great this place is. I knew it was going to be good tonight. I didn't know it was going to be this good. And um, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by the faith in the room, the expectation, the lean in, the joy. Anybody got the joy of the Lord tonight? If you don't got joy yet, it's coming. And uh, we're just really grateful that you're here tonight. If you are new to church, you ain't been in the atmosphere like this in a long time, we want to say welcome. Can we clap for everybody that's come for the first time? I was telling Pastor Jabin, I got off my flight and I was taking the escalator down and the guy about five steps in front of me, there's, there's a space in between us. He had his headphones in. He was... And I was like, all right. And so we got to the bottom and he just stopped. And I was like, all right. And so then when I got to the bottom, he turned around and he goes, Pastor Chad. And I was like, oh man, what's up, man? And so we started walking and I was like, where are you from, bro? He's like, I'm from LA. I was like, oh, so we're probably on the same flight. He's like, yeah. I was like, what church you go to in L.A.? He goes, I go to your church. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. Which campus do you go to? I was, oh. He's like, oh, man, I ain't been back since the pandemic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm preaching at 6. Come with me. This is a divine appointment. I think God sent me to Las Vegas to get your butt to church. So I said, take down my number. Text me right now. He ain't here though. <laughs> hey, but I tried. So clap for everybody that made their way somehow, some way. We're just trying to get somebody. Get your face in the place. Got to do the rest. By the way, if you're new to church, all you got to do is just keep coming. Just keep showing up. If you're like, I don't know any of the songs, neither do the singers. They have a screen telling them the lyrics. Just like you. But I believe that God is here tonight. Amen. You know, if God is here, anything is possible. Don't make me hit the Kevin Garnett voice on you. Anything is possible tonight. Give him a praise if you believe Jesus has already shown up in this place. Something's about to happen in this house. So I, I flew over from, from Los Angeles. I put on my Mr. Rogers sweater. Put on my Seahawk green. Somebody at my church was like, oh, you represent the Eagles. I was like... No, but I, I just really believe in what God is doing in this church. And I want to honor Pastor Jabin for a moment. Can we clap and thank God for this? 
What in the world? My God. My God. I was thinking, as I was preparing, I was thinking, you know, what do I love about you? I love Jabin's laugh. That's a good laugh right there. And I love so much about you, but one of the things I admire and appreciate about you the most is that you take serious the things of God. I never feel like you take yourself serious, but I think you take the things of God serious. You're diligent. You prepare. I had this thought, no one, even your wife, knows the sacrifice that you have paid to be where you are and doing what you're doing. And we honor you tonight. We thank God for you tonight. We salute you. We want to say we're with you. We want to, we're with you. We're for you. Come on, clap if you believe the best is yet to come. For Pastor Jabin. The Bible says to give honor where honor is due. You know, for some of us, the rent is due. Tonight, the honor is due. And so we don't treat you with familiarity. We don't act like you're just our bro. We honor you as Pastor Jabin tonight. Clap one more time. Thank God for you. What a beautiful, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Turn and give three people a high five. You can be seated tonight in the presence of the Lord. Can I pull this back? Amen and amen. Be seated tonight. Can you stay with me for a moment? All right. Go in your Bible. Go to John chapter 16. John 16. I'm going to preach tonight. I'm going to preach to you what I preached this morning. So this is brand new. Is that all right? I sent them two messages uh, in the, in the, to the office because I didn't know what to preach. And then when we were in the back, Pastor Jabe and I were talking. I go, I know what to preach. So I'm going to preach what I preached this morning. Is that all right? Because I'm so excited about it. And I think we're going to have a good time. Is that all right? By the way, shout out to all the Mexicans in the house. Where does Hispanics at? That's what I love. That's what I love about Las Vegas. Las Vegas got some Chicanos, hoes. Andale, pues. Jesus is a Cristo, a paz de todo el mundo. Levanta las manos en la iglesia. Me llamo Shed Beach en la casa. En esta noche, Espíritu Santo. Vámonos. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's every Spanish word I know right there. That's all I got. That's everything I got right there. That's everything I got. Andale, andale. ¿Qué estás haciendo? That's so stupid. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyways, um, John chapter 16. Y'all gonna make me laugh. Stop. I'm working. John chapter 16. I, I want to preach. We started a, a series this morning at our church called Hope Alone. And I, I, the whole premise of this series that I want to teach, and I, I feel like it's just going to be for tonight as well. I was thinking during worship, maybe I wrote this morning's message actually for tonight. And Hope Alone, remember that old hymn? We might have to get Jabin up and sing it in a minute. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He's my hope alone. I love that story you were telling about David and the ark. Seven step, my hope is built on nothing less. And he is our hope alone. Amen. 
And I want to preach tonight a message right down the title. It's called God is on my side. God is on my side. God is on my side. You know that scripture that says, if God be for me, who can be against me? I think all of us need to be reminded tonight that God is not just for you. God is also with you. God's on my side. God's on my team. He's not just for me. He's with me. Now, I don't know if you saw, but 11 million people watched Friday night here in Las Vegas, the great University of Washington, Huskies, won the Pac-12 championship. I'm a big football fan. Shout out to the Huskies. And uh, whenever I'm watching football, I'm always like, thank God they're on our team. Thank God they're with us. Or have you ever watched your sports team go against somebody else and you're like, man, I wish they were on our side. They're killing us tonight. They're so good. They're whooping us. I wish they were on our team. Encouragement to you. God is for you. God is with you. God's on your team. Just clap tonight if you're grateful that God's on my side. We got God on our side. So God's going to put up 50 tonight. We might be on the bench waving towels. He might get all the glory, but we're on the winning side. Come on, clap if you feel like a winner tonight. Winners win. I just love this about God, that God is for me. God is with me. And when I got God on my side, I'm filled with hope. I'm filled with hope and expectation. I don't know if you know the definition of hope, but watch this. Definition of hope, it is this, to trust in, to wait for, to look for, or desire something or someone, or to expect something beneficial in the future. To trust in, to wait for, to look for. This is what every kid is going to do on Christmas Eve. Believing that Santa Claus is coming down that chimney. <laughs> Sorry. But they are, they are looking for, they are expecting a beneficial future. They are hoping that the carrot's going to get eaten and the cookie halfway and a little bit of milk because they expect Santa to come. And I wonder if you've gone through so much life, you stop looking for God to show up in your world. You stop expecting the door to get open, the idea to come to you, the relationship to pend. I wonder if you've stopped expecting big things from a big God. Because the more I understand that God is on my side, the more I wake up in the morning going, whoo, what you about to do today? Where are you taking me today? What's the new assignment you got for me today? I don't want to get to heaven and look around and be like, well, dang. If somebody would have told me, I would have lived my life different on earth. No, I don't need to see with my physical eyes how big my God is. I've already seen enough that will show me how awesome and powerful and mighty and great my God. Give him a big praise if you believe he's a big God tonight. I'm looking for it. I've got expectation. And some of us need to understand that just because you're facing something doesn't change the size of our God. 
I love Jesus. John 16, listen, listen to what he says us, to us. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I like that, be of good cheer, because, you know, Christmas time, we put up the lights, and we get the cocoa flowing, and we get all the movies going, and I'm down with Will Ferrell and Elf and all this stuff, and we, you know, we get some mistletoe, me and the missus, and all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love Mariah Carey much as everybody else here tonight. But the, the be of good cheer is not just because we're cheerful because of Christmas. We're cheerful because I got Jesus and he gave me his peace. He didn't give, he didn't ration it out. He didn't say, let's look at your tithe record. Let's see how faithful you're going to be in attendance. He said, all the peace I have, I am the Prince of peace. I give you my peace. So he said, be careful. You're going to face trial and tribulation and hardship and famine and disease and you're going to go through hell on earth. And you're going to face some things. And, but, but, don't, but don't worry, I'm on your side. And, and be of good cheer, friend. I give you my peace. So you can go through hell on earth and, and have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we say, why are you smiling still? Why you, why you got so much joy? You, you Christians are phony. No, no, hold on. Don't get it twisted. It's not a fake smile. We're not trying to impress anybody. It's just that God has been so good to me. A merry heart makes for a cheerful countenance. My heart is good, so my mouth is smiling. Anybody thankful that God has been better than you deserve and greater than you can imagine? Don't you get that resting church face. You see somebody in church, you're just like. In your head, you're like, oh no, sister, I'm good. He said, be of good cheer. I want you to understand, I've got hope for you. I've got, I've got something in store for you. Look at, look at two Proverbs. Look at Proverbs chapter 23. Look at this one. I love this one. He says, do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. There's a future hope for you. Some of you need to just understand. If I were you, I'd be smiling tonight. I'd just be looking like, I don't know what he's got in store but I know it's awesome and I know it's big and I know it's great and I know it's better than I imagined and I can't wait to step into what God come on clap if you believe for I know the plans I have declares the Lord plans to prosper you give you a hope and a what future give him a praise if you believe it tonight Give him a praise. Just, just look at the next one, chapter 24. Watch me. It says, know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find wisdom, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. I like that. If you find wisdom, come on, you want, to, you want that future hope? You got to be wise. You got to have wisdom. And if you find wisdom and your hope, what did it say in 23 and 24? It said both times your hope will not be cut off. I have a friend, he's a pastor's kid, and when he was a teenager, his dad, he, you know, his dad's a preacher, and so his dad, you know, um, probably the Holy Spirit showed him. His dad walked in on him and his buddies um, sinning. 
They were, you know, they were partying, you know. And so his dad walked in, and, the, and, the, and they, were, they were partying. And the dad, you know, he's a man of God. So he walked in, and his son and his friends, and he, and he walks in the room, and he sees his son. He's mad, you know. He's, ah, he's upset. And he looks at his son, and he goes, the blessing stops here. <laughs> I want to say that one day. I just want to say it to some. It's probably going to be one of my boys. The blessing stops here. Isn't that a good line? Let's find somebody in your life to say that to. The blessing stops here. Some of us, some of us, I say facetious, (laughs) but, but, but some, some of us think that you've done things that have changed God's mind about you. You've done nothing in your life that God has, has said, well, we're going to have to go to plan B now. <laughs> the Bible literally says, for the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. Yeah. Anybody thankful? You ain't never been cut off from the hope that Jesus has for your life. So just because you're in a trial or a storm or a situation doesn't mean God has changed. It's an old line. It's an old preacher line, but let's apply it tonight. Stop letting your circumstance determine your faith. Start letting your faith determine your circumstance. I know who my God is. I know that God is for me. I know that God is with me. I know God's got a future for me. I know I'm called. I know I'm blessed. I know I'm favored. I know I'm anointed. I know I'm chosen. I know I'm his. I know I'm uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean that God's not on your side. Everybody in the Bible went through a hard time. Moses was a man of patience. Abraham was a man of faith. Noah was a man of endurance. Daniel was a man of devotion. Job was a man of perseverance. Paul was a man against all odds. Jesus was a sacrificial lamb. What made you think that you were going to go through life unscathed? We don't even know if your faith is real until you go through something. Watch people in church when they worship. I half worship, half watch. You? You ever see somebody in church, they got alligator arms? You know who I love in church? I love the people that hold the plasma. Hey, but you ever see somebody give an ugly praise? You know, like the unashamed, like they don't, they really don't care what nobody's thinking. I always think I want to, I want to just ask them, like, tell me what you've been through. Because I'm telling you, I've been through some stuff and I've seen God show up in the midnight hour and I got a reason to praise. You don't know half the story of the things that God has brought me through and been faithful. I got something to get out of my spirit because God has been awesome and faithful and compassionate and generous and kind. I'll throw up my hands. Don't you get shy. Don't you get quiet. Put your hope in 
God, give them a praise tonight. I got a reason to worship. I got a reason to praise. This ain't for show. This ain't for Instagram. This ain't for opinions. This ain't for somebody to respect me. This is between me and God. And the little girl, she said to David, David, you look weird. And David, everybody's going to think weird things about you. And people might unfollow you. And you might not be as popular. And maybe people won't vote for you. And he said, sweetie, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'll become even more. I'll get ratchet for Jesus. I don't know what ratchet means, but I hear the kids say it. I pray to God it's appropriate or that we don't put this on the internet. Please, God. <laughs> I don't know. It felt so good to say it, though. Felt, it just felt right. Urban Dictionary later, I'm like, oh, my. I think the reason why I think the reason why we lose so much of our hopefulness is because we get overwhelmed. In fact, I'm going to give you four things. Maybe you can relate with one. We get overwhelmed first by guilt. Your sin overwhelms you. Nothing will cause you to lose hope like living in sin. Let's just be let's be honest tonight. I'd rather die in Christ than live in sin. I might be dying following Jesus, dying to my ego and my agenda, but I'd rather die in Christ than live in sin. Don't you live a lifestyle of sin because sin promises what it can't deliver. It writes checks you can't cash. Sin will make you stay longer than you want to stay, make you pay more than you ever want to pay. Sin promises fulfillment but always leaves you dry. Sin promises you joy but always leaves you depressed. But when you walk with Jesus, you're satisfied, you're fulfilled, you're joyful, you're free, you're happy, and you're hopeful. Anybody want to die in Christ tonight? Watch what, watch what David says, Psalm 38. He says, he says, I've lost 20 pounds in two months because of your accusations. My bones are brittle as dry sticks because of my sin. I'm swamped by my bad behavior, collapsed under an avalanche of guilt. Sometimes, sometimes guilt's just so overwhelming. Have you, have you ever tried like to take a shower to get clean, but it won't wash you? You know, that guilt of, of sin, like, oh, God, maybe you did, you, you did something, you went somewhere, you, and, and when you live in sin and you have, you're plagued by guilt, all your hope is gone. Because you, you, and the Holy Spirit loves you enough to convict you. You know, tonight, if you feel convicted about your sin, can we praise God? Yes. That you feel, you still feel something? Sin is that thing. You do it once, you feel bad. You do it twice, you feel kind of bad. You do it a third time, you don't feel nothing. Thank God you still have a conscience. 
And so we get overwhelmed by guilt. We feel guilty and we go, surely God, I've been cut off. Write down number two. You're overwhelmed by despair. And and you you just feel just, like depression or suicide. We have two people in the Bible that, that, that echo this so clear. Elijah and Jonah. Watch what Elijah says and then listen to what Jonah says. Elijah says, he says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he came and sat down under a boom tree and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. Look at Jonah, Jonah 4, 3. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. Just overwhelmed like depression, suicidal thoughts, just feeling like I can't go, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm, I'm a mistake, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I, I've been holding on to this scripture for anybody in this place. The Bible says I will live and not die. Come on, whenever Jesus gets around, there's hope for tomorrow. Whenever Jesus gets around, there's life, there's truth, there's liberty, there's freedom. So maybe you've been overwhelmed by despair. Maybe you've been overwhelmed, number three, by defeat. You feel defeated. You just feel like, I can't catch a break. I can't get a win. I can't win at home. I can't win in my marriage. I can't, I can't get any momentum going. I feel just defeated. I feel defeated by life. I feel, ah. Have you ever felt this way? Just the overwhelming sense of defeat. Jeremiah, look at Jeremiah. He echoes the same sentiment. Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Why did I come forth from the mother, my mother's womb to, to see labor and sorrow? that my days should be consumed with shame. So Jonah felt this way and Elijah felt this way and Jeremiah felt this way. I think some of us feel this way. Just feel defeated like, man, what am I going to do? Last night, my 10-year-old, he, he had his semifinal flag football game. He plays for the New York Jets and it was to go to the championship game and to play at SoFi. We lost. We lost bad. We didn't score one touchdown. It was embarrassing as a family. He was so hyped. Before the game, he was so hyped. Bought a prime drink, new mouth guard, new shoes, the whole thing. We didn't score a touchdown. It's an embarrassment. I, didn't, I couldn't tell him this, but I felt this. So after the game, after the game, I, we're playing this beautiful high school, you know, under the lights, Saturday night football, and I go to him, and my guy's competitive. So he is crying his eyes out. And he is distraught. And he's blaming the refs. And he's like, it's the refs' fault. The refs. And I was like, son, it was number eight on the other team. He killed you. <laughs> number eight is an animal. Number eight was shaking and baking. Number eight, you ne- son, I watched it. You didn't get his flag. That's why you lost. He scored three, tu- eight scored three touchdowns. You didn't lose because of refs. Eight, eight killed you all night. Let's be honest. It's not the refs. It's eight. He's crying. We're going a whole walk around. We went a whole lap crying. In the van, we get in the minivan. He's crying. He, he says to me, I'm talking to him. He says, Dad, be quiet. I say, oh, buddy, I'm a man of God. Don't ever say that again. You're going to get cut off. Blessing stopping tonight. <laughs> Stops right here. <laughs> My, he was gone until we went to In-N-Out, and he forgot the whole thing. 
is what one milkshake will do in Jesus' name. He, this man was defeated. This man was defeated. The world is over. The world is ending. I can't get out of it. Have you ever felt defeated? So we come to church, we talk about hope, and you're like, I haven't gotten a win in one category of my life, man. And I'm in despair. And I'm living in sin. Here's the fourth one. is You're overwhelmed by grief. And you're grieving something. You lost a friend. You lost a loved one. You lost a spouse. You went through divorce. You're grieving what used to be. You're grieving it. We all go through grief, don't we? It's a great story that I heard this preacher tell one time. He said, after the service, this man came up to the front, and, and he, he, you could tell he's crying, and he asked his pastor to pray for him. He said, Pastor, pray for me, please. I just lost my dog. My dog just passed away. And the pastor said, absolutely, man, let's pray. He asked his pastor, he said, how long will it hurt like this? How long am I going to grieve like this, Pastor? And the pastor said something so great back. He said, well, as much as that dog meant to you, that's probably as long as it's going to take for you to recover. And I like that because let me encourage you, Jesus is not rushing your grief. Jesus is not trying to fast forward to get you all right and forgetting about the past. Jesus can sit with you and have compassion with you and love you and rebuild you. You can't have joy in the morning until there's weeping in the night. You can't sow, you can't reap songs of joy until you sow tears. Anybody thankful that God is with me in the pain and with me in the grief? Give him a praise if you're grateful that he is compassionate when he shows up at Nain with the lady in the, she's burying her son her only son and before he raises the boy from death he stands there and weeps with her he has compassion because he is compassion watch what Isaiah says Isaiah 53 Isaiah the prophet he says that he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief so he knows, Jesus knows how to, how to heal you and rebuild you and restore you. Sometimes God will revive you. Other times God will restore you and then revive you. And God, sometimes God will take you to a place where he starts to mend your broken heart so you can trust again, so you can hope again, so you can laugh again, so you can dance again, so you can be who you are again. God has a plan for you. God's not done with you. God is committed to you. He who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete the work. God's getting started for it is God who is at work in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God's just getting started. Faithful is he that has called you. I wonder if God has healing some hearts tonight so you can get over whatever you got to get over. You can become who you're supposed to become. And so, and so we, we want to be filled with hope, but we've got guilt and we've got despair and we've got defeat and we've got grief. And all the while we're wondering how we, I'm going to the revival night. I, I got to put it on. I, I want to be, I want to Church can be intimidating sometimes because you look around and the alligator arm pressing, you're like, that's my guy. Plasma, you're like, relate with it. 
ugly worship, you're like, oh, I wish I could. You just don't know what I'm going through. And I think so often we set our eyes on what we're seeing. You got to get out of your feelings. You got to get into your faith. We don't go by what we see. We don't go by what we hear. We don't go by what we feel. The just shall live by faith. Amen to that? And so I'll give you two things. How do we combat this? Write down number one. I love it. It's so simple. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in a God that told the sun, get up this morning. Put, the hope, put your hope in the God. The whole world is in his hands. Put your hope in an everlasting God. Put your hope in a good, faithful, awesome God. Put your hope in God. I love this. Look at, look, look at Romans chapter 4. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Against all hope. There's no, some of you people in your, in your life are like, you should not be so hopeful. You should not be so excited. You should not be so expectant. You should not be looking for that. You should not be going for that. But against all hope, Abraham had hope. I wonder if you could get some hope in your life and understand that God is who he says he is and he can do what he said he would do. Oh, I love this. I love this because I like being around hopeful people. When there's hopeful people around you, you've got life. You've got, you've got faith. You've got ability. You see God. Oh, oh, listen, the enemy might try to take you out, but what the enemy intended for harm, you better watch out because God is going to turn it around and use it for your good. What Romans 8:28 put on the screen and we know this we know and we know this man God God can work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes God didn't cause the defeat he didn't cause the despair he didn't cause the guilt he didn't cause the grief but he's going to use the grief he's going to use the guilt he's going to use the despair he's going to use he's going to take that thing come on he's going to turn your test into a testimony your pain into a pla- he's getting ready to use it for the glory of his name not the glory of your name all you've got to do is put your hope in God. I think the reason why a lot of us are so frustrated is because we've, we've misplaced our hope. You keep putting your hope into yourself. You keep putting your hope into the economy. You keep putting your hope into a political leader. You keep putting your hope into a preacher. You keep putting your hope into your community. My hope is not in them. My hope is in him. In fact, let me encourage somebody, get your eyes off them and get your eyes on him. Stop focusing on what they're doing. Start looking what God's doing. The other day I was on social media and I see some people that I know doing some stuff that I don't agree with. And so when I saw the stuff, I was like, I hope that was not a cuss word. I pray to God, I hope that was not a cuss word. It's good, it's good. I hear the people saying it. 
That's my kawaii. Okay. Um, and I literally, physically, as I was watching this, I, I physically told myself, look to Jesus. You know, I just, uh, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You might have had a bad last chapter, but the story's not over. God is writing something. Come on, he's a God of redemption. He's a God of revival. He's a God of restoration. Come on, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I, the Lord your God, I do not change. I do not sleep. I do not slumber. I'm in control. I am sovereign. I am for you. I am with you. I am able. Give him a praise if you believe. God is good. God is faithful. God is kind. All my hope is in him. Stop trusting in you. Stop putting your hope in you. Stop looking under you. Stop thinking about you. Stop. Some of us are betting on ourselves too much. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to try better. Good, good. I believe in discipline. I believe in work ethic. I believe in devotion. But I'm going to work like it depends on me, and I'm going to pray like it depends on God. And I don't know where God shows up and where I show up, but I'm going to praise him like it was all him. Because my hope's in God. My hope is because I have failed. How about you? I told God that I would do things that I didn't do. Them. How about you? And so, and so I'm going to have faith in God. Write down the last thing and then keyboard play. You can come, come up and, and then the worship team come. I like the beanie guy with the bass. He's great, huh? He gave me a shocker. What's up? He's Grammy. Yeah, if you win a Grammy, you'd be like, what's up? Yeah, what's up? I've never done that before. What's up? I'm trying to cut people off and throw it loose. <laughs> That's so good. That's so, he won a Grammy. Yeah, I would do that. Um, here's the last thing I want to encourage you with tonight. You need faith for today and hope for tomorrow. You need faith for today and hope for tomorrow. Faith for today, hope for tomorrow. I like that. I don't know if you knew this. Faith and hope are cousins. So they show up at Thanksgiving and Christmas together. And hope is the architect, but faith is the builder. So I love seeing, anybody excited about our new building? Come on, clap if you're excited about all the images. And you know, Pastor Jabin and Pastor Shannon sat down with the architect to get the drawings. And the architect, it starts to point the, uh, create the, 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 the drawings, not of what is, but what could be. Not of what we see right now, but what we see in the future. See, you got to get hope for your life and hope for your children and hope for Las Vegas and hope for this church and hope for your marriage and hope for our nation because I'm not looking at what is. I'm looking at what could be if I follow and trust in God. 
So you show up in a revival meeting like this and God starts to download dream and image and vision and word because he's a God of hope. So I get hope in my heart of seeing a big life and a legacy and a future and a revival. And then God gives me the faith to go do it every day. Because hope is an architect. But faith is the builder. We just bought a building in L.A. We're so excited. We bought an old Buddhist temple. We're going to turn it into the glory of Jesus Christ. People got mad at us. They said, they said, you took it from the Buddhists? And now you made it Jesus? So don't get so mad. It sat for four years by a group of people. And in four years, all they did was throw one rave. So we had to pray the rave demons out, not the Buddhist demons out. They say on average, on average, there are nine to ten crews on site at our building working right now in Los Angeles. Because you can get all the pictures you want and all the dreams and all the visions and all the words and all the goosebumps you want, buddy. But I'm telling you, faith will get you up tomorrow morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And I'm going to be faithful to God. And I'm going to put my trust in God. And I'm going to serve you and follow you and love you and bless you. And I want to let you know, I'm going to decrease today so you can increase today. And I want to make much of your name, not of my name. And I want to tell you, God, if you're looking for somebody to use, you can run your kingdom through my life because it's not about me. It's all about you. I'm living for the glory of Jesus Christ. You need faith for today and hope for tomorrow. Why do I have faith today? God's on my side. Why do I got hope for all 10 campuses we're going to build in Las Vegas? Because I got hope in God. <laughs> look at this scripture. Look at this scripture. Stay standing. Look at this scripture. Psalm, Psalm. Look at Psalm. This is so beautiful. Psalm 33. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help. He is our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. You see, all the work is on him and all the trust is on me. All the belief is in God and all of it comes from a heart of loyalty to Jesus. I'm just believing for your life. You have faith for today. I'm just going to take it day by day. Now, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries in itself. But today I'm going to seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto me. Amen to that. Come on, clap like you believe that tonight. I got faith today. I got faith today. Anybody got faith in the house? I got faith. I got trust. I got confidence. I got belief in God. I know who my God is. My God can shut the mouth of a lion. My God can destroy any army. My God can take out any Goliath. No weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper. Any tongue that rises against me in judgment, I will condemn because I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Give him a praise.
faith for today and hope for tomorrow. Yesterday, I just got to end with this. Yesterday was my baby girl, my daughter, Georgia, turned 12 years old yesterday. The first book I ever wrote was a book called Unreasonable Hope. It's a story of, of our journey, Julie and I, our journey with our daughter. For those of you that don't know my daughter or our story, when she was three months we sat with a doctor and we received a death sentence for my baby girl. And the doctor said all these terrible things. And the doctor never thought she'd get to 12. <laughs> Look at God. And, and so, and so, you know, when when you receive something like this, I started thinking, you know, she'll never ride a bike. You know, she'll never graduate. She'll never walk down the aisle. Which means she'll never have a boyfriend. I thank God for that part. Which means I'll never own a gun. <laughs> you got to see the good stuff in this thing first day that we receive this report we cried our eyes out I never cried that hard in my life I never seen my wife cry like that grief but we made a decision that first day that we we're going to fill our home with hope <laughs> that we're going to have a hope filled atmosphere that she's going to be healed in Jesus name she will live and not die in Jesus' name. God will be glorified through her life in Jesus' name. We'll be found praising and worshiping in Jesus' name. I'm not letting my circumstance determine this faith. I'm going to let my faith determine this circumstance. I'm going to give God all the glory and the honor and the praise in advance. And even if I don't see it on this side of earth, you're going to found me filled, looking and hoping and watching and waiting for God to move. The second book that I wrote was called Faith Forward Future. Dealing with disappointments, delays, and setbacks. And I wrote on hope because that's what God was teaching me. And I wrote out of my pain. And then I wrote on faith because that's what God was teaching me. And I wrote out of my pain. And I just want to let you know that I came out on the other side and I can testify the only thing that got me through is the fact that God was on my side. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff they comfort me. And you will prepare a banqueting table in the presence of my enemies. You will anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, come on. Let's praise the Lord tonight. Let's worship our God. Come on, let's worship our God.